So what do you rate your sucky moment as? 72 on a scale of one to five. Yes. 72? <laughs> wow, that's pretty sucky. <laughs> so do you sleep? I also lived in my car for a couple of years. <laughs> I prefer that. You know, my husband's like, why are you doing all this stuff? And I'm like, like, I just love it. <laughs> I'm Angela Wagner. And I'm Kelly Lynn Knott. And together we're here as your host for a mix of happy hour style venting and results-based coaching. Spark is a judgment-free space where we'll chat about both the brilliant bits of life as well as the bits that are a little more sucky. With lightness, laughter, and the belief that there's no such thing as oversharing, we'll guide you in finding clear paths out of murky messes and toward discovering inspiration in everyday moments. This week, we have a special guest, Kelly Lynn Knott, who is a singer-songwriter, business coach, and essential oils educator. We'll discuss how creativity exists in everything we do and how assessing it is good for lowering stress, increasing self-confidence, and even achieving professionally and personally. All right. So welcome, Kelly Lynn. Thank you so much. This is so much fun to have you on. So Kelly Lynn is so so incredible. So we met, how many years ago did we meet? I think it's like over 15 years ago at this point. I was trying to figure it out the other night and I really think it's possibly even 18 years ago. Okay. <laughs> okay so, so Kelly, Lynn and I were one of the first uh, people that, and I shouldn't say first people, but we were kind of in the early group of training with Baron Baptiste, one of our yoga teachers. And so that's that's how we met, right? Yeah, definitely. So that was a while ago, and um, it's kind of fun how life has shifted and changed for both of us, but Kelly is like the Jill of all trades. Like this woman, I don't know if she sleeps. She <laughs> Sometimes I forget that you're a singer-songwriter, which is kind of like your main gig, but so you worked extensively in the music business as a publicist and booking agent and transferred those skills to the world of wellness businesses, primarily in the yoga world. She has run several international yoga businesses for the past 14 years. So she worked for Baron Baptiste. She worked for Live, Love, Teach and Wild Abundant Life. And um, she grew up in Minnesota. She lived in Boston for 13 years, performing with her songwriting and general management of the Baptiste Yoga Studios. She ran a residential landlord business in Wisconsin, which I did not know, um, she now lives in Hawaii on the island of Kauai, which I've heard is gorgeous. And she is co-director of Wild Kauai Chocolates, which is a bean-to-bar chocolate-making company. And you're also incredibly involved in doTERRA essential oils business. Did I forget Correct. anything else? <laughs> oh, I'm sure there's more, but that's the current. Yeah, that's current. <laughs> I also lived in my car for a couple of years when I was performing full-time just because I was never home. But <laughs> now I do have a place to live. And uh, <laughs> I prefer that. Yeah, I, yeah, I imagine. Oh, my it's God. It's so much easier to entertain. So do you sleep is my first question. Uh, yes, every third Tuesday night, I do for two and a half hours. No, I do sleep because I'm always in multiple businesses. I'm, I'm also actually I just got my real estate license in Hawaii, and I'm doing that as well. But I schedule specific time. 
I have to. So I sort of segment my businesses. So from generally from 4 a.m. to 9 a.m., I'm working on essential oils. I'm talking to team members, doing business coaching in terms of how to launch an essential oils business, where to look for education, and how to help people transform their lives using those natural products. And then um, from 9 to 11, I still work with Wild Abundant Life. That's a yoga teacher training program. And they do programs all around the United States. And I was CEO of that company. Now I'm doing more marketing and sales. So customer service based for them and then driving new business. And then I make chocolate the rest of the day in Hawaii. So those are kind of my three areas of focus. And then on the weekends, I make music and or sell houses. I, uh, right. Because, you know, adding another one there. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? <laughs> you know, they're all the same thing, though. It's it's all entrepreneurial driven. And it's all about helping people connect with something that creates a state of possibility. Everything from teaching yoga to writing songs to even, you know, the essential oils. I feel like all of us have different skill sets. But we apply that same skill set and what we do for people remains the same, even if we're in like different vehicles, like a job being a different vehicle for achieving that end. Yeah, no, it makes total sense. I completely get it. And it's funny, I'm nowhere near like your level of insanity, but um, <laughs> I have the yoga studio and then obviously the coaching and those are both literally like full-time jobs. And now I'm doing yeah. the doTERRA, which is how we reconnected really was through doTERRA the essential oils. So we'll talk a little bit about that later. But, you know, my husband's like, why are you doing all this stuff? And I'm like, I just love all of it. Like, I just love it. <laughs> he thinks That's I'm crazy. It. Yeah. At night, I'm working till midnight on my computer and he is watching whatever he's watching. I'm like, well, we're both happy, you know? <laughs> That's what it is. You have to follow the joy. And as long as that's in place, there's nothing wrong. <laughs> That's right. Okay, so we're going to get into some fun stuff. Um, okay, so we're going to start with sucky moment of the week, which I'm I'm fairly certain you like really have sucky moments because you are one of the most positive people I know. So I'm sad that Nicole, my co-host, isn't on this call with you because she is the happiest person I've ever met. And I think you might <laughs> be rivaled with her. But uh, but you did say you actually had a sucky moment that came up, right? <laughs> Here's our sucky scale. One being kind of sucky. Five being super sucky. One. <sighs> two. Three. Seriously? Four. Five. You know, when, when we were prepping for the podcast and you said you're going to have to come up with your sucky moment, I, that was like the part of the preparation that I procrastinated on. I'm like, I don't know. And then I was flying from Hawaii to the mainland to do a bunch of different travel here on the mainland. I'm in Minnesota right now. And the airline lost my flight information. They couldn't find me. I nearly missed two flights. My baggage was going to the wrong place. Everything that could happen, happened to add time to my travel, to keep me from safely boarding planes. Security equipment went down. Like They made me go through agriculture four, four times. So it was definitely, it was the sucky moment of the year. In fact, <laughs> <laughs> it was horrible. And, and then you know, with Wild Abundant Life, I love that business, but we had a program starting on the mainland, which is five hours ahead of Hawaii. And one of the participants couldn't find the place and was upset. So it was crazy because I was receiving all kinds of voicemail messages and couldn't help because I was on and off of planes. So crazy, crazy. Obviously, I survived and I did make my flights. 
but it really did not feel like it was going to happen. Either of those. <laughs> so what I is think the world was ending? <laughs> <laughs> I know it does really, it really feels like that. But that's why. So that just so you know, for the kind of history of sucky moment is we we make it fun. Yeah, but we like to make it realistic that stuff happens in life, the bad stuff happens. But then how do we take inspiration from it? So it's like, we reflect. And it's really awesome because I've heard of so many people say like they now identify with sucky moment. I get friends that'll text me and they'll be like sucky moment or something happens to me. They're like, oh, this is totally sucky moment. And it kind of lightens it. And then right away in the space, you can think, okay, well, what can I take away from this or how can I react differently? I love it. I think it's a great tool. And, you know, it kind of relates to some of what we'll talk about in that we re we program our brains to operate the way that they operate. And we become addicted to our patterns of behavior. And so if we're programming a pattern of behavior that says, okay, I'm going to acknowledge that this sucks. And I'm going to look out what I can get from this for future. I mean, that's amazing. That's a huge tool. And it also releases us from anxiety. I think it opens the door for more creativity, which we're going to talk about. I think it's it's just an awesome tool. Yeah, I totally agree. So what do you rate your sucky moment as? Well, let's see. I think I said a four, but the longer I've had to think about it, I would actually think 72. If 72? <laughs> 72 on a scale of one to five, yes. Wow, that's pretty sucky. <laughs> I don't think we have a sound for 72 because we have a sucky scale sound. We <laughs> right, have to come up with a new one. <laughs> all right, let's go with four then. We'll go with four. <laughs> My original was four. Okay. But I, I was horrified. And I was horrified too, and this is a life lesson as well, in that everything that was happening was out of outside the realm of my control. I am not someone who likes to have anything outside the realm of my control. And as we know, most of life, it cannot be controlled by our expectations. <laughs> it's funny like that, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Oh, yeah. Okay. So inspired action. Well, I think it relates to that control issue. I can't control other people. I can't control the weather or outside circumstances. I can't control electrical malfunction. You know, no matter how well prepared you are, you can't change the circumstances of what is happening in the moment. So I think what helped me, what helped me at the time was to, I actually had to consciously focus on staying relaxed, being willing to ask for what I want to improvise, um, stay light on your toes, be nimble, be quick, and then stay out of fight or flight. So mm. trying to keep the logical mind engaged by evaluating, all right, if this happens, what choices do I have? And repeatedly asking those questions can help us stay out of adrenaline, cortisol, you know, all of those hormones flooding the body and taking over so that we're in that reactive state where we're not making choices, we're just responding. So I think it's that it's mostly relax, know that you can't control it, but also know that that's okay. Oh, it's all yoga. Yes, it is. <laughs> no matter what we do in life, it always goes back to our roots of yoga. It's so fun. It does. <laughs> yeah, it's great. And so I, it, every time anything happens, I like have a lesson in my yoga class to teach because I'm like, it's all yoga, people. <laughs> it is. It's patterns and it's practice. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, if anything, I'm so grateful for the practice for changing that perspective for me in a really big way. It's pretty awesome. I am dying to take one of your classes. That's a side note. But um, uh, next time I'm down there, I want to jump in on the mat. Oh, I know. Yes. So we will schedule that next time you're in. We'll get you Yay! in. That'd be so fun. 
All right. So let's move on to creativity, which is kind of your specialty, I would say. Um, So you say it exists in everything we do. So why don't you talk a little bit about that? I think one of the most interesting things about creativity is how we define it and how we use it to define ourselves. So a lot of times people look at creativity as something that only certain people have or, you know, Angela is a creative person, but I'm not because I'm a lawyer. We kind of segregate and define what creativity is. And I believe that creativity is in every choice that we make, even how we respond to sucky moments or whatever else comes up. And I also believe that learning to induce and access creativity helps us to access lower stress in the body, right down to the stress hormones that can come up when we don't acknowledge creativity. And I'll explain that in more detail. I believe that highlighting and acknowledging our own creativity in everyday circumstances can increase self-confidence. And I think that learning to use creativity in a non-traditionally creative place, I believe every place is creative, but not everybody does, but learning to use and recognize creativity in everything that you do is really powerful for personal development and also really powerful for like moving forward in whatever it is you're creating in your job or in your life. Mm, I love creativity can be induced. I've never heard that. I love the way you put that. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, if we look at it from a scientific point of view, if we look at studies of the creative brain versus the meditative brain, we see a similar brain state that comes up. When we're in beta mode, that's when we're tasky. When we're getting things done, there's a slight stress response there. So most of the time when we're working on something or problem solving, we're in beta brain waves. And when we start to drop a little bit deeper, when we start to approach uh, meditation, they've done tests that show that that's where creativity lives. So when I say creativity can be induced, that's because I believe that we can get to that brain state, set ourselves up to reach that brain state, and then start the practice of creativity. And I think there are different ways to get to the brain state. And we're, we are exceptionally lucky in that a lot of us are practicing many of those. I think a lot of people probably listening to your podcast may be experimenting with meditation or getting outside in nature and walking, deep breathing. Even yoga nidra, aromatherapy, moving the body, particularly breathing, though. I mean, that's one of the simplest ways to drop into the creative mindset and to start to build that creative practice, that place where you've set yourself up, the brain chemistry is right, all the circumstances are perfect, and now you're just going to open the door to the creative art. And again, creativity can be what you choose to do in a situation at work or how you choose to write a contract or even what you ask for in your life. Those can be highly creative acts. Yeah, it's really like that idea of thinking outside the box. And it could be I love how you say like a lot of us put ourselves in that place where we think we're just not creative. I know I'm I'm that same way. And I say that all the time. And my mom always says, what are you talking about? You created a business (laughs) and you, you know, create all this marketing and all this like, she sees me as incredibly creative. But then I look at someone like my brother, who is an artist, right? He's an opera conductor. And I'm like, well, but he's a musician. Like, hello, he's creative. So it's like, I think you just can't compare yourself to someone else and then think like, oh, well, I'm then need to be creative in the same way as them. Correct. Correct. And it's expanding that definition of creativity. Like people say to me all the time, because I'm a singer and a songwriter, 
oh, you're creative. But like you said, I mean, your business, if we're looking at your business as an example, it's, I was just talking to Angela before the podcast at how beautiful her website is and how gorgeous the invitation is and her material. And that takes huge amounts of energy and creativity and even imagining who it is that you want to connect with and whose hearts you want to open and who you want to inspire. That is a huge creative act. And most of us can find that if we're looking for it. We can find that in ourselves. So what do you say to like the person that's sitting at a desk all day and you know they work with spreadsheets and finances and they say like, I don't have an outlet to be creative at work. What would you say to them? I think there's always a way. I mean, I work in multiple businesses all the time and I too work with spreadsheets and numbers and I find huge creativity in that. Even how you're setting up the spreadsheet or even the questions that you ask. Can you train your brain to ask different questions? That is a creative art. And if you're asking different questions, you're going to create different data sets or different tools to answer those questions. That is creativity. And that challenging the brain is also part of what keeps the brain young. That problem solving involves creativity, any type of problem solving. And yes, sometimes we are in jobs that we may not have chosen. But if there's something else that we want to do, there's something really powerful about the idea of, can I make this good right now? And then make the choice to do something else, but make this good first. That might be the creative moment. How can I unleash my creativity here? Even who can I speak to in the company, perhaps, who might be interested in an innovation or a shift? Yes. Oh, I love that. And there's obviously so many ways in our daily lives that we can work on creativity. So beyond the obvious stuff of, you know, art and music, and those those are kind of what people think of as creative um, endeavors. Like, can you give our listeners some more examples or some ways like if they're just trying to get started with, okay, I want to work on this muscle, but I'm not really an artist, what would you say? Well, I think like anything else, it's practice. And there's different things that you can do. And so I want to use the metaphor of working out or even training to become an elite athlete. Some of what we do is going to be exercise to build mobility. Some of it is going to be related to building coordination. Some of it is going to be weightlifting. We're not landing at the end result without kind of separating and working on different skills. I think with creativity, there's different things that you can do. Um, I love to use essential oils and we'll get into that. But I think part of it is set aside time to be creative. Most of us keep our brains in that beta tasky mode of, you know, getting stuff done. And creativity does take, it can take a few minutes to get there. And usually the longer you can give yourself and the more you repeat the practice of it, the easier it starts to flow. You start to get to that state faster and faster. So setting yourself up with meditation or deep breathing and then allowing yourself a chunk of time. And, and one exercise, like maybe we're going to just train the brain in thinking outside the box by setting a timer for 20 minutes and putting pen to paper. And you're just going to write for 20 minutes. And the only rule is your pen is not going to leave the paper. The entire time it's going to continue to move. I do this with people sometimes. It's an interesting exercise in that a lot of times people say, well, I have nothing to say. But if the only rule is you can't stop writing, creativity will kick in. The first 10 sentences might be, I have nothing to say. I have nothing to say. I have nothing to say. And then the brain, the brain state starts to get there. And all of a sudden something brilliant happens like, oh, you know, uh, my mother's birthday is coming up and I have a really creative idea for a gift. Or 
Um, it could be anything. Or, you know, I've always wanted to open a business for this. And the first line comes up and generally there's energy from that and more applies. So that's one exercise. Just create space for it. Another is to actually kind of reprogram the brain, even with, I guess I'll, I'll bring the essential oils in here too, because I use this as part of a creative practice. And that's when we're reprogramming the brain, because our sense of smell is so intrinsically linked to new learning, to cognition, to even our sense of safety. Um, when we're reprogramming a new pattern, like creativity itself, it's nice to pick a scent that is positive that you're going to inhale at the beginning of your creative practice and that you're going to inhale like even before, you know, as you get going, you'll be able to smell that scent again. Like for me, it's a, it's an orange. I love citrus. It's uplifting. Inhale that oil or scent doesn't have to be an oil, but scent and your brain knows that, okay, when I smell this, generally I have time to think I have time to relax and I am, I'm in this state. So you get to the point where you smell it and you drop in in a second versus having to work so hard for it. Mm, it makes so, so much sense. So a bunch of stuff just came up for me that was that was around the idea of creativity. So I know for me, and obviously, because I talk, you know, I'm a yogi, and you know, we've done yoga for years, when I am practicing yoga, I'm the most creative. And it's so amazing. because ah, Yeah, like, yeah. so much so often in my life, I my body feels kind of stuck, and I'm just sitting at my desk, or, you know, just, it's just different. And so when I get on my yoga mat, it's crazy, but literally like the ideas just flow. And if I haven't been on my yoga mat in a couple of weeks, I remember I hadn't been on a couple of weeks, I'd been injured or sick. And then I went to one of my teacher's classes and I literally had this like massive breakthrough moment about my business. Like I still, wow. yeah, I mean, it was like huge and it was like, oh my God, you know, how did I not think of this before? And Sometimes I feel like I need a journal next to my mat because all this stuff comes up, but I don't recommend that. I think it's better just to kind of experience it. And then whatever, whatever's the most important creativity will stick. Like you will remember it because it's that important. But yes, there's something about the way you open your muscles and your body and some of the places that feel kind of protected and I don't know, in that place of they don't want to be vulnerable. Yoga will bring, you know, really literally has to open you up if you're doing the practice. So so that's a really great one for me. Every time I do it, I'm like, oh, yeah, duh. Like, I, <laughs> like I know that I need this for, for many reasons, but it's amazing to, to feel that like immediate result. But the other thing that's been so different for me in the past couple of years, and especially I would say in the last four or five months is playing with especially Luke, but Zoe too. She's she's even though she's only 16 months, she's pretty ahead of the game. So the <laughs> creativity level of children, if you don't like we're not big into giving them devices like and yeah. Luke's not super interested in TV. He'll watch a show or two, but he wants to play all the time. And you know, John and I were laughing last night. We were like, oh, we're like the parents that are like, come on, kid, watch a show. Like we just... <laughs> We just want to take a break, you know? It's so amazing to see, like, he'll just create something and he'll be like, mom, that's this. And, you know, and I'm like, well, that's what? Oh, yeah, that's a base or, you know, that's an alligator and that's, oh, watch out for this. And, you know, he's got this whole scene in his head of what we're creating in his room for a play scene and nothing new. It's all built from things we have or toys he already has and there's no screen involved and there's no expensive new thing I need to buy. And it's so cool to watch this process. And even like in the car, I've noticed like we don't give them phones or iPads and stuff. And they just look out the window and talk about what they see. And you can just see it like their brains going. It's very cool. Well, and I think what kids teach us about there's a lot that kids teach us about creativity. And you just highlighted a lot of it. But 
I believe that for creativity to occur, it has to be unrestricted. It has to be a judgment-free zone. And I love that you speak about that in this podcast, like even in your intro every week. If there's any restriction to where the brain can go, we can actually pull ourselves back into beta mind and back to tasking or even into a state of shame. And if we're feeling sad or shameful, it's a lot harder to be open to creativity. And you mentioned the word vulnerable. I think why some of us will label other people as creative and ourselves as maybe not is because of that vulnerable aspect, because we're judging before we create. Like if we create and it's not freaking awesome, we're feeling bad in advance. It's like, I'm going to regret this in advance. My friend Susan Werner is a songwriter. She has a song called Let's Regret This in Advance. (laughs) And and I think we do that. And so we stop. We're perfectionists in that we want it so badly to be beautiful and amazing immediately. So we'd like, no, I'm actually not creative because I can't write a Beethoven piece in 30 seconds. I can't write a masterpiece right now. Well, nobody can. <laughs> you know, you have to allow it and trust and you can go back later with judgment. But in the moment of creation, I think anything goes. Yes. Oh, I love that. Yeah. And kids are, they just, they don't have that. Um, well, at least at a very early age, they don't have that sense of judgment and shame. So they are just free. And I think it's so cool to see and be a part of. I mean, it really gets me out of my funk and into a whole new space, you know, so I always say this, but I'm like, hey, borrow a three year old for a while, you know, like the, par- <laughs> the parents will love you and you're going to learn a lot, you know. There, there was an ad that was playing. I think I was flying. It might have been on Delta. I was watching something while flying about people being told they were going to sit down with a life coach. And they're sitting at a table and the door opens and like a five-year-old walks in and says, what's your dream? What's your dream? And, you know, there's something so disarming about a child asking a big question like that. And we will tell the child. And they show people like breaking down into tears and actually sharing what their dream is. And and then, you know, the, the child will say, well, why can't you have that? And, you know, the usual excuses come out and the kids are like, they don't buy it. They don't buy it. <laughs> I love that. I've not seen that. I'll have to figure out what it is. I can't I can't remember what it is, but I thought it was so brilliant because we let ourselves off the hook in everything, but with our dreams and with creativity in, in particular, we are so good at building the case against what we want to create. And so again, we don't start because we've got the case that it's either not going to be perfect or it's impossible. And usually both of those things are untrue. Yes. Um, Elizabeth Gilbert, she wrote Eat, Pray, Love, but she has a book called Big Magic that deals largely with creativity. And um, one of my favorite things that she talks about in the book is she says, okay, everybody has fear. We're all afraid that what we create is not going to be fantastic. It's not going to be good enough. But instead of trying to distance ourselves from the fear or like suppress it before we start, invite fear to get in the car with you, acknowledge it, say hello to it, let it come along for the ride just don't let it take the wheel. Mm. So it's there, yeah. but it is not going to control what you do. It can totally come along because it's always going to be there and there's nothing wrong with it. It's actually healthy. And a little bit of fear might actually, you know, inspire, but don't let it take the wheel. Don't let it take over or shut the door or turn the lights out. Oh yeah. It's funny. So one of the uh, business coaches I'm working with right now, he's fantastic. And he <laughs> was giving a little, um, you know, speech or whatever to us. And 
I can't remember his exact words, but he basically said, if you are completely fearful and not excited, then you're not ready. And he was just, you know, just in general, right? We were talking about specific to our businesses. But in general, if you think about it, the supplies, right? So if you're completely just all fear, no excitement, then you're not ready. If you're all Mm -hmm. excited and no fear, then you're also not ready because you're right. (laughs) And so you have to have both to really be in the right space and to know that it's right for you. And I thought that was really awesome because it's like his formula was like fear has to be a part of it or you don't care enough. (laughs) Yes. No, it absolutely does. I think about that. I mean, I've been singing for professionally since I was eight years old, getting paid since I was eight years old to make music. And I still have horrible stage fright until the first note hits. And sometimes, you know, even after that, but it's, I think it's healthy. And it's that forward moving energy. It's fear is also possibility. Because (laughs) my least favorite thing, we don't have control of every moment of what's to come. But that's the beautiful part. That's where the creativity lives. That's when we can start to improvise. That's when we can start to trust in from intuition, which is a huge part of what creativity is. Creativity is intuition. So if you're dropping into a creative state and practicing that, you're also learning to trust yourself. Yes. Ah, trust yourself is huge. Okay. So let's talk a little bit since you and I are like, I call this like my new addiction. I'm like literally, and so John is too. We mentioned it a <laughs> little bit on the podcast, the essential oils, but we haven't really specifically talked about the specific brand that we're into and why. We don't have to get into that now. Maybe we can do a whole nother podcast on that. But I will say this is life changing. Literally every night, my husband's like, okay, well, what are we putting in the diffuser? Because I need my aromatherapy. And he's not kidding. (laughs) So you talked a little bit about how it relates to creativity. Well, why don't you tell listeners a little bit more? Because I think a lot of people know about kind of the general essential oils that you can get like Whole Foods. And that's that's kind of it, right? Yeah. Well, when I look at Essential oils, first of all, just quickie quick. Essential oils, we can use them aromatically. That's how most people know how to use essential oils, by inhaling them. We can use some of them internally, and we can use some of them topically. So for various health reasons or wellness support. For specific to creativity and the nervous system and actually kind of having a shift in brain chemistry, aromatic is in my opinion, most powerful. When we inhale something, our brain, whatever we're doing, it's like an interruption. It's like someone knocking on the door. You stop what you're doing. For example, if you're in a stress response, your brain is pumping adrenaline and cortisol and other hormones like that so that you're prepared to run away from the angry tiger that wants to eat you. (laughs) When we smell something new, it's, it's that interruptive moment where the brain goes, okay, is this smell a threat or is this something that I perceive as relaxing and positive? If it's something that um, relaxes the nervous system, immediately the brain chemistry starts to change. And now we have endorphins, we have dopamines, you know, we have more of the feel-good brain chemistry coming in. So it serves two purposes. One, there's that we get a new brain bath, literally brainwashing. <laughs> brain bath. I love that. <laughs> brain bath. It's funny, it's you know, because brainwash, you think of as so negative. A brain bath sounds great. <laughs> it does. It's refreshing, right? So we're getting a new natural chemistry that's starting to shift because we perceive that scent as positive. And then the other huge benefit is in that moment of pause, 
we can come out of reactivity and we can choose. So this totally relates to my sucky moment of the week with the crazy airline trip. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you come out of reactivity, you can ask questions and you can choose again and you find out what you have control of and what you don't. And then you move forward and you move forward from choice versus from I'm running from a tiger that's not there. Yeah, it's funny when we talk about that, but it really is like we still have those responses, even though obviously we're not living in the wilderness, you know? Yeah, yes, yes. And this is where there's so many different things you can do with oils. And and like you said, that's something we can touch on in another podcast. But specific to this, brain chemistry is a huge part of creativity. We know that the brain chemistry that accompanies meditation, yoga, deep breathing is very similar to that that occurs in a natural creative state. So if we can set aside time and use a tool or tools like breathing, movement, yoga, and oils, we're reprogramming the nervous system. We're giving ourselves that healthy brain bath. Think of your brain like resting in Epsom salts and putting its feet up. We're we're setting the (laughs) stage for the creative state. And you can take that even further. And I like to, especially if I'm going to write music, but sometimes I even do it when I'm going to sit down and write a contract, you know, a, a contract between a venue and a a training program that I'm bringing in, you can set the stage for creativity by creating a beautiful space. So set the mood, light some candles, get oils in the diffuser or have your bottle nearby so that you can inhale it as you like. Take away pressures. So turn off your cell phone or step away from your computer. They've done studies that show when we pick up a pencil or a pen and write on paper, that actually ignites creativity in the brain versus typing. And and I, I actually love to type when I'm creating, but I do find that there's a different feeling. There's a different sensation when I sit down with paper and pen. So it's personal to each of us, but what do you need to do to set the space for a beautiful creative event to occur? Ooh, I love it. Yeah. Oils will absolutely do it. I mean, it's oh, oils and yoga. That's it for me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and my three-year-old, you know, those those three things. And your um, coach, right? Your three-year-old coach. <laughs> my three-year-old coach, <laughs> Luke. He's yeah. cutest. Oh, yeah. And my yeah, and my business coach. There's all kinds of people and things that can help us. It's so cool. But if you are interested in learning more about oils, like Kelly and I both do classes. We'll do classes on the phone with you or Skype. So just reach out, Angela at AngelaWagnerCoaching.com, and we can set that up. We um, both work with doTERRA, which I have to say, I've worked with a lot of different companies and I've had a lot of different oils and they are phenomenal. The quality is unbelievable. Um, But we both do consultations. We help people figure out kind of what will help them with whatever they're working on in life, whether it's creativity or stress or all kinds of things. So, And I want to tag on to that. I mean, Angela and I actually work pretty close together in that business. Um, So a lot of times people will reach out to her first and I'm, um, I'm a backup and support system in that way. So if you reach out to Angela, you get help from both of us. We kind of put our heads together because two creative heads are often better than one. But she, she's an amazing resource. I think with something like essential oils, sometimes you kind of need a, um, someone to kind of hold your hand in the beginning because there's so many amazing possibilities. Oh, I had no idea. That's the thing. I started with just, you know, making like baby wipes for my kids and butt yeah. spray because they had bad rash. And and then I started <laughs> wanting to get into other things. But now, I mean, anytime I have almost anything, I will look it up or ask you or, you know, create something with the oils, whether it's cleaning, whether it's scent, whether it's helping my kids feel better. I mean, it's kind of unbelievable. So yeah, so we'll let's do a whole nother podcast on that another time so we can educate people on that. 
But if it's something you're interested in, I think it's one of those things that's just like, it's so easy to do. And it, it's like an instantaneous result, you know? Yeah, yeah. And again, just because of the way that our nervous system works, when you're trying to create a new pattern, whether it's a creative pattern, or you're trying to establish a new habit to replace an old one, our sense of smell was designed for that. So you can both relax your nervous system and then mindfully create or be proactive about what you want your life to be. So it's it's really a powerful tool for anyone who is interested in kind of taking the reins in life. Yes. And we'll put a link in the show notes too to how to sign up if you are interested in buying a kit. There's like a couple that we recommend as kind of starter kits. And I will say just briefly, because it's tempting to just go to Whole Foods and buy like a $5 bottle of lavender, which isn't going to hurt you necessarily, but it is a lot of it's synthetic. So, and I never used to think it was a big deal. I'm like, what's synthetic? Who cares? It still smells good. But if you really think about synthetic, think of it as like, chemical. So when I started flipping that word in my head, or I started thinking like toxic chemical, and then I'm thinking about breathing, <laughs> breathing these things in, you know, because it's funny, I was listening to a podcast the other day, and the woman was talking about Febreze. And she was talking about how she was so upset when she saw this commercial, because they're talking about how awesome it is to breathe in this fresh smell and all this stuff. And she was like, that's toxic chemicals that you're breathing in. That's not healthy things that you should be breathing into your body. And I was like, oh, I think if Febreze is something that's good for you, you know, like, and it's not. <laughs> most, and most of us do. Most of us do. And I mean, to the same degree, many oils that you can buy at a store will say, do not ingest. If you're not going to ingest it, why would you put it on the largest organ of your body, your skin? Why would you do that? It's going to get into your bloodstream. If you're not going to ingest it, why would you inhale it? I like your shift from synthetic to toxic. Not mm -hmm. all synthetics are toxic, but largely many of them are. And synthetics are created to make a product that is proprietary. So the owner of that synthetic can make a little bit more money and also to create a product that is cheaper to make versus when we're working with just the plant and that we can isolate the chemistry in that plant, the naturally occurring chemistry, and we can use it for a specific benefit without creating more toxic load. Yes. Well, and even if it's not toxic, you could always flip the word to synthetic to chemical, right? Yeah, definitely. Right. So it's fake. It's not, it's not a real thing. Yeah. And my massage therapist, so she's really into, you know, the high quality oils. And she said like some of her clients don't even understand why her lavender and eucalyptus, like some of the common sense, like they don't understand why they smell different. Like they're like, that's not lavender. And she's like, no, what you're used to smelling actually isn't lavender. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. In in some cases, there's no lavender in it at all. Oh, it's, it's an approximation of lavender. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, so we'll get off our essential oil yeah, yeah. soapbox, but <laughs> um, but definitely contact us, Kelly. That's l literally why Lynn and I talk all the time is because of DoTerra and because of helping people with essential oils. It's like it's our obsession. So um, totally. that's a good word. <laughs> I know. I always, every time someone signs up, I'm like, welcome to the addiction, the healthiest addiction you'll have. You know. <laughs> Hey, Sparker Tribe. So Nicole and I have talked about this a lot. You know that we are obsessed with organizing and keeping our space clear. And there is a very good reason. It gives you energy. It clears your mind and gets you excited to do whatever it is that you want to do in your life, all from just clearing your space. So I created a free email challenge to help you do just that. It's called the seven days to make your life sparkle challenge. Go to AngelaWagnerCoaching.com slash sparkle, put in your email address, and every day I will send you one simple task that you can do to clean out your physical and digital clutter. Oh boy. 
There is a main challenge as well as a bonus challenge for each project. So this is a very simple, easy, and free way to start to take action in your life and help you discover what it is that sparks you. Again, that's AngelaWagnerCoaching.com slash sparkle. Okay, so why don't you give our listeners a try this? Okay, well, you know, we've talked a little bit about this as a technique, but I think if they have a scent they love, they can use that. Otherwise, I highly recommend that they reach out to you for different options, but choose a scent or an aroma that you love, ideally one that is non-toxic and going to be safe to inhale, and use that to reprogram a new way of being or a new habit into your system. So we've talked about a way to use that in, you know, the fight or flight or a stress response. You want to create a fail safe for when you go into panic mode, you're going to take that scent that you perceive as positive, And when you are in a positive state, smell that scent, inhale it deeply, and, you know, maybe even think about other things that make you feel good. So you're strengthening the connection of positivity with that specific scent. Now, the next time you're in fight or flight, you smell that scent and your brain goes, ah, happy brain chemistry, feel good, safe. And it starts to happen faster and faster. So you can do that with a stress response. You can do that with creating a space for creativity. You can do that replacing an old habit with a new one. For example, if you customarily eat when you're stressed out, you can create a new habit. Your new habit is to sit quietly, deep breathe, put on some beautiful music and you know enjoy the scent. And then if you're still hungry, then you make the choice, but you get to make the choice versus react, react to a feeling or react to a brain chemistry that is not in your control. It allows you to allow life to happen, but to have another tool. And the cool thing is, if you're using a scent, you're going to instinctively breathe a little bit more deeply. And the side effect of that, of taking a deeper breath, is you'll stimulate the vagus nerve. That's a nerve in the body that controls our fight or flight response. It helps us to stay calm, to move away from reaction and get to that feel-good place where inflammation is lower in the body, where our immunity is higher and where we are able to calmly choose. Oh, that's amazing. Yes. I want to share this really, this little story real quick. One of my friends and teachers, Christopher, who listens to our podcast, because I get texts every week on funny things he enjoys. <laughs> so I'm going to give him a little mini shout out here. But um, so we at the studio at the end of each class, we had cool lavender towels that we would make and put on, you know, people's eyes. And we used to use, you know, the cheap oils because I was cheap and I didn't know any better. And then I got into doTERRA. So then we switched it to doTERRA and everyone was like, oh my gosh, what did you do? These are amazing. I'm like, oh, we switched the oil. <laughs> right? And then I was like, oh, well, there's so many great scents, I think, especially in the summer in Texas, and we do heated yoga, you know, so I thought, let's do peppermint, this would be magical. And so now instead of calling them lavies, we call them minties. And we <laughs> we give them peppermint cool towels at the end. And Christopher said he had this huge resistance at first, he was kind of like angry about it, because he's like, I after doing the lavies for so long, we've done them for several years now, he's like, it was my happy scent. And so whenever I wanted to like shift into a happy place, I would just smell lavender. He's like, and then I was like, well, now I don't have my happy scent anymore. But then he said, well, then I just realized I needed to get be okay, like, just have a talk with myself and peppermint <laughs> could be my new happy scent you know <laughs> and now he's okay so we're happy that Christopher's happy but it, I thought it was funny how we could even get like in our own little boxes with things like the sense right like yes yes it's so true 
<laughs> so cute. So yeah, so try different different ones and get and then because I said to myself, well, the next I want to do eucalyptus. And he was like, Oh, my gosh, I don't know if I can handle another change, you know. <laughs> That's beautiful, though. I mean, again, and it's, it's just yet another practice. That's such a funny story. I know, isn't it? Yeah, he's a hoot. <laughs> You'll have to meet him when you come into town. But um, Oh my gosh, so it's so much fun to talk to you. There's so much more. So we definitely need to have you on again because there's just so much we could talk about. We could sit here for hours. I would love it. It's so much fun to hang out with you. Just really briefly, tell us what's going on with your music career and where they can find you and all that good stuff because your voice is unbelievable. And I remember when I met you, I didn't know that you sang, obviously, because we're at a yoga thing. And then we were doing a class, I think, and I think Baron pulled you aside while we were in Shavasana or something. It was like, can you sing? And you just started singing and like, I got chills and I started to cry and the whole room is in tears. And I was like, who is singing right now? (laughs) (laughs) That's so sweet. I'm always writing and making music. Like you can't ever stop that. My iPhone is full of different song snippets at any recorded at any time of the night or day. But I actually just put out a new record called The World Awake. And you can find it at Kelly Lynn, K-E-L-L-I-E. L-I-N dot com. And actually, there are a lot of inspirational songs. And I tell people it's um, it's a spiritual but not necessarily religious album. Like some people listen and they're like, is this a Christian pop album? I'm like, well, you know, it can be if that's what you want it to be. But really, it's more about I think the album highlights the darkness, but it also highlights that there's always a path to something new. There's always a new choice, new possibility. So it wanders in and out of those stages. It's a concept album from start to finish about love in all its forms. And so that's out now. You can buy one song, you can buy them all. And actually, Angela, the song I sang that that day that you're speaking about so long ago was written by my friend Susan Warner. It's called May I Suggest, and we did put it on the record. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. Isn't that crazy that we're having this conversation now? And it's like full circle. So that song is on the record. And the rest of them I wrote, but Susan Werner, W-E-R-N-E-R, wrote that. And she's an amazing, when you talk about creativity, every project she writes is in a different style or genre. And she's um, actually writing uh, a musical for, she's been hired to write a musical for the Broadway stage as well. So she's really an interesting person to follow if you're interested in the cycle of creativity. Very smart and unique take on that. Okay, good. Susan Werner. Mm-hmm. I'll get her info from you, maybe right. like her. She has an Instagram or Facebook or whatever, and then we can put that on the show notes too. So, Oh, great. Yeah, I'll send you that. Okay, good. So that's your shout out, right, is Susan? Yeah, she's my shout out because when I think of creativity, Susan takes on genres that she's never played or experimented in with before, and she just immerses herself and really allows it to happen. And I think that's really inspirational because for all of us, we have that choice. We can set the stage to create whatever we want if the intention is there. The intention and then that practice, that, you know, lifting the weights to strengthen the creative muscles, whatever it is. Oh, thank you so much for sharing. Would you be willing to sing us out of the episode? (laughs) Sure. (laughs) Okay, so what are you going to sing us out with? What's it called? So this is actually uh, this song called Gratitude Prayer. And I wrote this for my very first yoga students, like two weeks after I met Angela. I was afraid to go out and face them. So I wrote it in a closet before I went out to start teaching. And then I went out and I sang this and then I taught. Um, So that's the background. But gratitude prayer. I greet the morning, another early dawn. I'm letting go and giving in and moving. 
holding on. My heart is ready. I'm willing to receive faith, hope, joy, love. I have everything I need. I will rise up. I will raise my voice. I'll remember every day I make the choice. I greet the morning, another early dawn. By letting go and giving in and moving on. Next week on the Spark Podcast. Hi, doggy. Last take. (laughs) This is ultimate suck. Oh, my God. (laughs) All right, here we go. Oh, this meal's so good. It's okay to eat food. Yay! You're made out of food. You're supposed to eat. Awesome. That's one of the best things I've ever heard. So thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of Spark. If you have a few extra minutes, please do an act of kindness and leave us a review on iTunes and share this episode with your friends. It really helps us to get the word out. You can find the show notes and blog posts at AngelaWagnerCoaching.com and follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Coach AWAGS. Remember this week to take the time to give thanks, raise a glass, and discover what it is that sparks you.